Should Christians vote? Should Christians be involved in politics? Stay tuned as we dive into these very deep and complex topics. Plant a seed in my soul, water me, let it grow. Strengthen me from above, staying rooted in your love. Well, hey there, high school students. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Today's topic is a widely debated topic amongst Christians and definitely amongst what would you say are unbelievers in the world when they look at Christians and how we should be involved in or not be involved in politics. Now you've probably heard a lot about the separation of church and state. Let me just make it clear that there's no such wording in any of our founding documents. You might be surprised. Now if you were to go and read yourself, you'd find out that it doesn't exist anywhere uh, but what you do find is that the government shouldn't have any say in establishing a government religion or this is going to be the one religion that rules all, like the Lord of the Rings, the, the ring that the Eye of Sauron controlled, right? One ring to rule them all. So the government can't make a law that would say this is what religion can do. But on the other side, they also can't make a law that says this is what religion cannot do, obviously excluding harming people and that sort of thing or taking advantage of people in a malicious way where you're actually harming them. But here's the reality. When it comes to being a Christian, I don't know where we get this idea that we shouldn't be involved in politics. So here's what I thought I would do is start by defining the word politics. And in order to do that today, I'm going to use the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, okay? Listen to what the 1828 Webster's Dictionary says. It says, The science of government, that part of ethics which consists in the regulation and government of a nation or state for the preservation of its safety, peace, and prosperity, comprehending the defense of its existence and rights against foreign control or conquest, the augmentation of its strength and resources, and the protection of its citizens in their rights with the preservation and improvement of their morals. Politics, as a science or an art, is a subject of vast extent and importance. Now, I know you're, you're thinking, that didn't really help. <laughs> okay. What I want you to understand is the purpose and the goal of government from, from a worldly standpoint for just a moment. From a worldly standpoint, what is government supposed to do? Government is supposed to write laws, uphold laws, keep its people safe, provide an environment where its people can live and thrive, have children, raise families, so on and so forth. Okay, And I think we would, we would agree on that. Now, you might disagree on the extent at which the government is supposed to do that, but we can all agree at its very basic that that's kind of what the government is supposed to do. And in order to do that, you have elected leaders. Well, here in our country, because we're not under a dictatorship, uh, we're also not under an oligarchy, um, but we have the right to vote. And might I remind you that we here in the United States are supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Okay? Now, let's read Romans chapter 13 and then come back and discuss this a little bit more. So Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says, 
let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Now listen to this next part. There is no authority except from God. Okay, that's biblical. I hear a lot of pastors, and this is what they're, they're doing these uh, Romans 13 gymnastics right now. They're saying, we just got to obey the government no matter what, under any circumstance. We're to obey the government, even though we have scriptures where godly men disobeyed the government. For example, Daniel, and I already did a podcast on this, and that's not the point of this podcast to go back and talk about that again, but I already did when obeying God means breaking the law. And so when the government makes laws that prohibit the free exercise of religion and squelches or squashes the First Amendment, then we have a right to disobey. That's what we're doing at our church. We're disobeying the government mandate because... We look at Hebrews 10.25 and say, this overwrites your law. So there's no authority except from God. So here's the thing. On one hand, you can't have it both ways. You, you can't have it, we don't vote, we don't get involved, but we blindly obey the government in everything because there's no authority except from God. What country am I sitting in right now? I'm sitting in the United States of America. Probably you are sitting in the United States of America. How... Does that authority from God get put into power in the United States through the will of the people? People go and vote. What happens if Christians stay home and don't get involved in the political process? Then the wicked go vote, and they vote wicked into authority. But we as Christians can vote the righteous into authority. Seems to me, hmm, let me think, seems to me that there's a verse about this in the Old Testament. Let me see if I can remember how it goes. It goes something like, when the wicked rule, the people groan, but when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Now, you could say, well, I don't, I don't agree with everything that this president does. Well, I didn't ask you if you agreed with everything that this president does. I don't agree with his tweets. Well, probably a vast majority of us don't agree with some of the tweets that he sends out. But if you were to look at, for example, his voting record, let me ask you a question. As a Christian, are you pro-life or pro-abortion? You cannot be a believer and be pro-abortion. You cannot be for the murdering of the unborn as a Christian because God is for life from the womb to the tomb. So the question is, when we, when we look at how we're going to elect a leader, I'm looking at, well, is this leader pro-life? I'm not looking, is this, is this leader a Christian? I didn't look to see... When I voted for Donald Trump, is he a Christian? I looked for, is he going to vote pro-life? What's he going to do with Israel? By the way, the Bible is clear. Uh, you bless Israel, God will bless you. You curse Israel, God will curse you. This is the first president in the history of U.S. presidents that not only recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, but moved our U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. Okay? And then there's the issue of marriage. Now, my question is, are these political issues or are these biblical issues? I think that you and I could agree they are biblical issues. Pro-life, the, the unborn, God makes us in the womb, Psalm 139. I mean, come on. It's a no-brainer here. So we're to be pro-life. Well, then if there's no authority except from God and God uses in the United States the voting system to put people into authority, then I have to be a part of 
the voting, right? Now let's read on. And it says, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. How could God in the United States appoint someone to authority when Christians stay home and don't vote? I'm waiting. I'm listening. Of course I can't hear you. <laughs> but those that would say we should just not be involved, that is, to me, a complete waste of, uh, of an opportunity that we have in this country. You can go in and say, well, in Paul's day, yeah, in Paul's day, in Paul's day, things weren't like they are in our day. In our day, you and I live in the United States, and we have a form of government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That means that the, the people of the United States are the government. When did we get this idea that the elected official is the government? That's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be here in the United States. The people here are the government. Now, we elect these leaders, then that's a trickle-down effect, right? Uh, or a trickle-up effect, because the closer a government is to home, then the stronger the government should be. Um, that starts in my local area and then works its way up to the president of the United States. Now, let's read on. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Are we as Christians promoting evil? No. Are we propagating evil? No. So we're not afraid of the government because we're doing what's right. Rulers not a terror good to, to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be afraid, unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Some will say, well, we can't legislate morality. Um, all laws, excuse me, legislate morality. Some laws actually legislate immorality. Some laws now are making good evil and evil good. But don't make any mistakes about it. All laws legislate morality. So I posed a question in the beginning. Should Christians be involved in voting? And should Christians be involved in politics? Listen, my dear friend, you and I have got to be involved. We've got to be the salt and light of this earth. I don't think for a second, and I want to make this clear in ending, I don't think for a second that my salvation is in the government. My salvation is not in the White House. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But this is very clear. There's no authority except from God. God established authority on this planet. He rules over it. And he wants us in the United States to be a part of it. We have the right and the freedom to be a part of it. So we should be a part of it. But I don't think for a second that I'm going to save uh, souls through the president of the United States. He is not my savior. But what, let me make it clear what is saved, the unborn's lives. The unborn's lives. The right of people to share freely the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a move right now. They're all about, oh, free speech, free speech, except for those Christians. You mark my words, it's coming. If you haven't seen it already on the landscape and on the horizon coming, then you're not paying attention. But right now is the time to speak up and to stand up. Don't cower down. Be involved. And listen, for you as a youth, there's a whole bunch of different websites and groups that you can be involved with. PragerU has 
a ton of ways that they have a student force that you can be a part of. And then I think of Students for Life. They're a pro-life organization. Just to name two right off the top of my head that you can be involved in. So pray how you might get involved. And even if you don't get involved in one of those ways, you definitely need to be praying. You need to be praying for God to move and wake up Christians to realize that we need to be a part of the system and to stop hiding from the word politic. We run from it like it's a, a foreign bad word. It's not. It's a ability that we have right now to be involved so that we can see people come to know Jesus, the churches can all be open, and we can see a, a remnant of people coming to Christ before Jesus returns. Listen, I pray and hope that that's helped you. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to email us here at the church, groundedhs.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Plant a seed.